Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. It is April the 20th of 2022. I am Nick, joined by Chris, in this episode of Weekly Manga Recap. And we have uh, no One Piece this week, mm-hmm. and no My Hero Academia, and also we're just going to keep things short this week. Yeah, uh, I, so I, I can, I can talk like about theories. So. I can talk about why real quick for anybody who's listened to the show for a very long time. You probably heard me talk about my brother Michael before. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away this past week, and doing things is not always easy. Um, but I'm trying to force myself to do things, but within limits I could set for myself. So I wanted to do uh, the podcast, um, but I did not want to do two hours. I physically do not think I could do it. So we trimmed it down. Um, there's a couple chapters. I was like, I just can't talk about this one this week. Um, and there's some other stuff that, like, you know, we're not going to talk about Spy Family this week or Boruto or a couple other series. Um, and I apologize for that, but I, I do want to note we'll we'll try to talk about them the next opportunity we get. So um, bear with us. I'm going to try to have fun. Uh, I'm using this partially as a distraction for myself, so I'm going to try to be uh, weird and goofy. But, you know, uh, we're going to try to go for it as best we can. Yeah, so there may be some awkward times, but we'll do what we can. Yeah, if I to, just spontaneously uh, yeah. cry, uh, which is partially a joke and partially very real, uh, I don't know what to say. Uh, yeah, with it, I guess. I was yeah. going to apologize. Gonna, yeah, that's basically <laughs> what you got to say at this point. I was like, I, it might happen, I guess. Yeah, because I was like, uh, I can't. I, I've learned I should stop apologizing for my grief. Um. But you should know it might happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, I su- that is more of a warning than an apology. I think that we should say if you know you don't want to deal with the awkward times of that, and you know I totally understand that. You should probably just stop, stop, just stop watching yeah. this one. Yeah. We are, but we are going to carry on and see how things turn out. That's it. I uh, I actually I don't know. This is a mildly amusing story for me. Um, I had to go to the few uh, the mall I work at to go to there's a men's warehouse there we're shopping for clothes for like my little brother and um there's i know there are women who work there who will usually catch other women and um try to like sell them like beauty products and they're like they're really aggressive with it it'll be like come over here the one that i know has like a very thick european accent like come over here let's see this but we weren't even walking through that side of the mall um just walking towards men's warehouse and I hear somebody say, like, hey, man, hey, hey. And I pause because I'm like, oh, maybe I like have something on my back and someone saw or maybe I dropped something or something like that. So I turn and it's someone saying at one of those booths like it, trying to clearly like get someone in to come talk to them. And I realize what he's doing to me. He's like, come on, come on and come over here. And I'm like, no, thanks. Not interested. And he's like, come on, man, just come on over here. I'm like, no, thanks. I'm good. And he's like, come on, I got to show you something. I was like, and I just like had a moment. I was like, well, my brother's dead. So no, <laughs> and he just, <laughs> he, he just gave me a look and he's like, sorry, man. <laughs> and continued on my way. <laughs> Found out today, my little brother had to go back to the mall today and pass by him. And the guy said, <laughs> The guy started doing the same thing until my brother turned and recognizes my little brother. was like, nah, man, you're going to carry on. I'll stop trying to sell you something. 
<laughs> I was like, I, I was like, I don't know what else to tell you, my guy, but my world is shattered around me, and I have no interest in this conversation. He's just going to be like, ah, how many more times have I got to run into this family, David? <laughs> Apparently, uh, my little brother said that as we were leaving, he was watching me leave. And I was like, I feel like it wouldn't bother. But apparently, if he knew my brother enough to be like, oh, man, don't worry about it. Maybe it did leave an impact. God. Oh, man. Well, so <laughs> on that note, Nick, <laughs> I don't know how to transition from that to anything. <laughs> we have no my hero this week, and That's in right. our truncated version, well, I guess Undead Unluck is normally what comes next. So we're going to be talking about Undead yep. Unluck. This is number one zero seven. Confuse, and we open with uh, Uez basically talking about how they have all the UMAs that everyone helped catch that are going to basically help stabilize the Earth so that Ragnarok doesn't happen immediately. Uh, and it looks like one of them is that dog that showed up at the end, Bagu-chan. <laughs> like, it just, like, it looks like a shaggy yeah. dog or something like that. Um, but they, they're bragging. They're like, yes, those cases are indestructible from the outside. The defense system is perfect. There's no way anything can happen, basically. Basically setting up that something bad is about to happen to these <laughs> these tubes. Um, and everyone's like, all right, let's start planning. Uh, U.S. is like, we need to collect the last two secret, sacred spirit treasures, Rebellion and Heart. Uh, one group is going to go to Egypt, and the other group is going to go to Japan. Uh, Ragnarok is a month away. We cut over. Uh, Rip, as we saw last time, showed up, slashed Ruin, cut his wound, and I'm like, oh, it won't heal. So he's like, ah, you must be unrepair. And <laughs> I like it. Andy is just like, Rip, cut this lug's talisman for me. And he's just like, do it. <laughs> and uh, Rip does it. He he swings his little thing. Um, or uh, not Juez, holy crap. Um, seal. Uh, yeah. Seal turns into a jewel, into a jewel, blocks it, and then the, the, the slash like reflects off him. But then we see it leave the building, loop back around, and slash Undead's tag afterwards, freeing Undead and uh, letting him get to this. So uh, Andy's just like, hey, thanks for sealing me up, Seal. I learned a lot about souls because of you. And... Uh, Andy just says, let's make this a two-on-two, which was like a really exciting prospect of like Andy and Rip versus Seal and Ruin. But immediately shit all goes to hell. Like like the world starts shaking. And Ruin... Oh, I should point out that um, I believe when Andy gets released, he also slashes the unhealthy tag. Mm -hmm. So that releases Lucy as well. Yes, that is true. Uh, immediately Ruin starts laughing because he's like, holy shit, I can't believe it went so well. You guys are a riot. And suddenly Clothy contacts Andy and basically is just like, um, the UMAs that were delaying Ragnarok have all been killed. We've been betrayed. And we see Shen is saying he pulled one over on us, that rotten geezer. And they're like, wait, geezer, you don't mean? And we see that it was Nico who has betrayed the group and basically destroyed most of the UMAs. And it even says at this rate, the union will completely collapse. And we see a shot of Nico ripping his union insignia straight out of his chest. Afterwards, he's just going to be like the entire, the entire day is just yeah. going to be him. He's like, ah, ow. Oh, it's so tender. 
Oh, oh, the exposed nerve endings. Oh, I definitely should be wearing a shirt. Ooh, oh, ah, I just moved it to my chest. <laughs> Why did I do that to start with? It feels like that was such a bad idea. <laughs> uh, it hurt going on, but way worse coming off. <laughs> uh, Ruin just kind of says, like, is the death of someone else really that hard to bear? To think that simply letting him see some dead woman would be enough to make him do exactly what I wanted. What a great hump. Now we won't need a month. It'll happen right away. It's coming. Ragnarok is upon us. And uh, Ruin sprouts like demon wings. And yeah. he's like, all right, I guess you could just do that. Fly away with me now, Seal. We'll usher in God from there. And Andy tries to go after them, but he can't. He is, his leg gets cut, and it's by Rip's attack, so it won't heal. And Andy's like, what are you trying to do here, Rip? And Rip says, my target here is you. And he's like, so you're the same as Nico then? He says, no, I'm acting in my own free will. This loop is going to end soon. So let's settle the matter at hand. Who will be riding the Ark? And he clashes with Andy. Yeah, it's a cool two-page spread to end the chapter with of the, him charging in. Uh, and uh, yeah, shit, shit's going down and things have gotten immediately more complicated. Yes. Uh, so obviously there's the whole thing with Nico that I'm sure we're going to get, you know, some more backstory uh, detailing. I think it's his turn now pretty much to uh, see what's going on there. Uh, but uh, yeah, Rip versus Andy round Three, I think it is. So. Uh, sort of. Yeah, I guess there was a two technically kind of in there. So, yeah, uh, it's I mean, it is a very exciting thing. It also kind of seems to really affirm that, yeah, we are going to do that last loop. Um, and God knows, I mean, that loop essentially means the story starts over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, you can flash through a lot, but we continue to be at this pace of Undead Unlock where I'm like, Oh, I think it's ending next week. And then it's like, no, never mind. I think it's ending six months from now. Or I don't know. I think it could go on for like another five years. <laughs> Considering the craziness of uh, Undead Unlock. Yeah. I mean, having things reset and then start over again. And then because it's technically a different timeline or whatever you want to call it, things can be different. I, I've seen series do that before it's been you know it's especially used as like you know like a big movie special or finale special or whatever uh but it'd just kind of be like almost expected for undead yeah. to do something so weird um so i think that if we do see that it'll be honestly the most interesting just to see what stays the same and also who is going to be the one that is like the POV character. Yeah. I mean, it. it is interesting because so much of undead unlock has been about changing the status quo. And I could fully see exploring a reality where Andy has to almost kind of prevent those status quo changes from happening. Like, okay, we can't let Shen die. Um, we can't, you know, let this big change happen with Fuka. We can't let Billy betray us. Like, going in with the knowledge of those things and what can you prevent? What needs to happen? Like, I don't know. It, it 
it's not like it's a time traveling future preventing thing, but you know, a loop would carry on that knowledge of like, these are the things we need to know because we got really close last time. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what can we ultimately do better? Yeah. And how's Fuko going to play into it? Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would also be shocked if that just doesn't happen because you never know with undead luck, but, uh, We'll we'll see, I guess. I'm, I'm and hey, in the meantime, Rip versus Andy, that could be fun. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I think it's going to be a pretty cool fight, and um, yeah, I'm just kind of curious to see what they can get all out of this. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Kaiju number eight then. Let's do it. Chapter sixty with Rito and Iharu on the cover, being light-haired boys, all sweaty. Uh, it's a high Q cover. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. <laughs> They're in workout gear yep. and stuff. Uh, we start the chapter with the Harvest point of view uh, of him kind of uh, like just staring at his hand, you know, the way that people do when they're being dramatic. Like, uh, and he thinks to himself, you know, when Reno failed to match with the suit, a part of me was kind of relieved. So he slaps him in the face and he thinks no 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 i'm the worst for thinking that what help will thinking like that do me and he just makes a promise to himself that he's going to catch up to reno because they're rivals yeah best friends yeah boyfriends wait <laughs> look i look i want a lot them. of it this chapter i want them to be boyfriends ideally i think it would be nice yeah, i think they would do well for each other yeah Rihara would take care of his stupid boyfriend uh so there is a kaiju attack in progress reno's uh beardy captain dude is watching things from a lawn chair because he's like "Eh, okay i'm just i'm here to observe if he can handle the super kaiju weapon and reno is fully outfitted with number six at this point time has passed since the last test uh and so reno is ready to go and try and test out his abilities and Iharu is observing and he thinks to himself that, oh, man, even though Kaiju number six's power hasn't been released yet, I can feel the freezing cold energy it's emitting just by standing next to it. Because, yes, cold is associated with it. We did uh, talk about that last time. And it yeah, looks like it's the case. So. But uh, and we get some, you know, fairly generic narration that's like very clearly expo- just pure exposition. It's like, man, yeah, but I never expected that he'd actually get his levels up to Kaiju levels. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 he sure has improved. Um, his assistant specific or vice captain or whatever. The Nanao stand in for the shins we stand in uh, says that he far surpasses Kikoru's in terms of rate of improvement, Kikaru is more powerful than Reno, of course, but purely in terms of how their lines yes. go up. His his up. his ceiling or her ceiling is higher, but he is improving so fast that it's it's almost comparable. Yes. So strong club comparable for... or comparable? Yes. Is there a difference between those words? No. Nah. Okay. I think it's just yeah. Okay. Uh, so the captain gets in touch with Rito over the comms and says, all right, go neutralize the Hanju with your platoon. They're mole Hanju. Mole. They're, they're tough and they dig. 
So go do it. Show me what you got. So Reno sets out with Iharu and some and some guys who wear masks, so you can't tell which ones they are. They're they're, they're indistinct from each other. Uh, and Iharu is me like, oh man, he, he's really really outpacing us. I've got to you know not save my resources. I've just got to go full burst in order to just keep up with his speed. Um, Reno is determined to show what he can do really quickly because the captain has told him that numbers weapons uh, work on your body after a very short span of time. So he's like, I'm only going to let you test this for 10 minutes. So in order to prove himself, Reno's like, all right, got to do this. Uh, He runs into this beast, this four-legged crocodile mole thing. Uh, and so he gets ready to dodge to its flank, but uh, cold energy bursts from his foot as he steps, and so he slips a bit, and it falls on his fucking ass. So Iharu, fortunately, is there and distracts it before it can dive in on Reno and be any covers for him. And uh, there is a brief moment where Iharu is like, yeah, I could fight. I could hit them just as hard as, and Reno hits the thing with one bullet and does way more damage than Iharu <laughs> did with like 20. Yeah. S- sorry, you know. Sorry, you didn't get a super special secret weapon, think- so. <laughs> Look, he ground all of the special crystals. He's got the stro- the stronger weapon. Sorry, I know that you got what looked like a good pull, but it was from the free pack. Yeah. So, it, look, it, it's Reno it's just spent more money on this game. It's just, sorry, it's just unf- your skill levels are comparable. He has better mythics. He's got the season pass, and you don't. So that's that's all there is to it. You know? I could almost see that being a logic they would throw into this series like yeah i'm sorry reno has the battle pass <laughs> like that almost does feel like a comparable thing in this universe he got the uh, extra skin he got a new skin so his uniform looks cooler i have got to think that there must be some form of one of those, you know, isekai series where they throw out all sorts of different, you know, like gamer terminologies. You know, it's like, oh, well, I ground on the hardest level, so I'm super strong or whatever. But where it's just like, you know, a free player can't keep up with someone who spends money on the game. Sorry. And that's just <laughs> the entire premise of the series. <laughs> God, that would be almost kind of funny. The idea of like, help, I got transplanted to another world, but it's pay to win. and I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Reno had slipped up before, but he, you know, he centers himself again and he starts to actually use the cold energy coming from his body to his advantage to perch up on a tree and like freeze himself to it so that he can brace himself for a really powerful shot. He splatinates and simultaneously freezes and shatters the Yoju that they have been taking on, uh, Oh no, another kaiju nearly eats Yaharu, but Ryo comes in and says, thanks Yaharu, you helped me regain my cool, which has to be deliberate. Cold, cold pun, come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he just fires up this huge hail of bullets. Hey, hail, ice. Uh, and almost like spider webs the, the kaiju bearing down them to a bunch of trees and kills it because it's frozen too. 
And he just says, I'll handle the rest. And Yuharu says, wait, hold on. Don't leave me behind, Reno. My boyfriend. Aww. Aww. (laughs) Don't get left behind. You've got to tell him how you feel. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm more invested in their romance than the romance between uh, Ashiro or Ashira, Mina, whatever. Mina and uh, Kafka. Like, like, I'm slightly more invested in this one because we're actually seeing it. (laughs) Right. I guess, I mean, I'm going to agree with you, except on the terms of I don't even know if Mina and Kafka are supposed to be romantic interests, except for the fact that they're old childhood friends and one's a guy and one's a girl. Yeah. And in manga terms, that means that they should be. But <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, like, as long as the heteronormative like attitude is present, we are going to be at a place like, yeah, let's go check that out or whatever, you know, whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I actually think the chapter is pretty cool. I like the big ice move at the end. I actually really like the concept of using ice almost kind of as a maneuverability thing to like freeze yeah. yourself to walls and stuff like that. Just feels like a really clever and innovative use of ice. Yeah, using it as, you know, to slide around is one thing, but using it to actually brace yourself is something you don't see as often. So I think it's kind of cool, like, you know, how different all of these different uh, kaiju weapons have been as well. Like, none of them have really felt the same. So I I think it's going to be kind of cool to see this one in action. Yeah, it definitely feels very different from other stuff, and it very heavily accentuates what we have seen from Reno's style before as well. So good stuff. All right, Nick, let's cut over to Eden Zero, chapter 188, 110. Uh, This this chapter is dumb. Uh, So uh, Shiki had the memories of Wizard pulled into him using gravity because that is not a sentence that is insane. That is just how this series works. Um, Well, also, the memory isn't his. Yeah. So he, he pulled in a heart memory of a person that this guy looks like, kind of. Um, Cheeky is like, you knew which. And Wizard says, I'm a second generation android modeled after which. I possess all data relating to which, although I have no record of any contact with her, it would not be necessary. And Cheeky's like, but I saw you talking to which. And he thinks back to that conversation Herman had before where she talked about how Ziggy erased all the memories of the shining stars from when they were outside of the soccer cosmos. And she thinks Ziggy did it on purpose. And she wonders kind of why he did it, what the purpose is. So Shiki's like, wait a minute, maybe he erased you guys and your memory as well. Memories of something that even he didn't want you to know about. And you- but even though he erased those memories, I can still pull them yes. from within you where they were deleted from (laughs) they were always there right in the back of your computer bank hard drive oh i see what he did he he just moved it to the recycling bin he forgot to permanently delete it so it's okay i just i just restored it (laughs) by gravity using gravity (laughs) i pulled it out of the trash can um shiki's like maybe you guys knew each other during the time of the white memories and Wizard's just like, look, even assuming if you are correct, Lord Ziggy must have had a reason why. So it doesn't really matter. My mission to kill you has not changed. And I've taken all your ether, so it doesn't matter. You have no power left. 
I do actually appreciate that point that he makes of like, yeah, even if he's done that, though, I don't care. My loyalty is absolute. He's completely unflinching even when this big reveal gets dropped on him. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ziggy just says, or not Ziggy, Shiki's just like, it looked like you and Witch were really close. I think you were actually friends. And Wizard's like, that doesn't matter. She's like, matters to me if you were friends with Witch. Then maybe you could be friends with me too. It's got so lame. <laughs> it's like, look, cheeky. I understand that this is your thing, but but also, this is like pre-time skip. Cheeky talking right now. It's just, come on. It so... is weird seeing him as supposedly the cool, mature, like adult version of himself, still being like, if you were a friend with my friend, then that means we're friends by the frenzitive transitive property. <laughs> Transitive, transitive property. <laughs> um, we cut over to Rebecca, who's fighting Clown. Uh, she's falling off the rope, but manages to get herself back up. The Clown does a Dragon Quest joke where he does an alluring dance, and she loses her balance. Uh, but she activates her Cat Leaper powers and saves herself by wrapping her tail around it. And she says, "Woo, safe. And Happy says, no, you're not. <laughs> and the Clown says, Rebecca is striking an alluring pose. Because the clown is a pervert. I was okay with this whole thing up until the, hey, let's show off, you know, Rebecca's Rebecca's butt, Rebecca's butt and legs. And then everyone just comments on the fact that Rebecca struck a sexy pose because that's what happens with Rebecca. Is it a sexy pose? Like, I don't even understand if that panel is sexy. The camera captured Rebecca at a sexual angle. So a provocative Isn't a sexual angle. like it's just she she just doesn't have pants on anymore. I like <laughs> look it's, it's, it shows off her legs, which I, are the I sexual guess. part of Rebecca's body. It shows That's off her... her thighs, I guess. If you're really into thighs, I guess it's a it's a lot of thigh that you see, so enjoy. But honestly, I was totally fine with the whole thing where everyone was just like, wait, why are there like video game prompts showing up as this as this clown does stuff it's it's you know it's it, it's at least a little bit different but yeah then immediately the clown's like ooh rebecca sexy is like I, I don't want any clown to think anything is sexually yeah, cl- all clowns need to be asexual they need to uh express no sexual feeling that that's not to say the performer can't have that but the clown needs to not be sexual it's a professional standard yeah so uh we cut over to weiss who shoots a killer and murders him because he just shot him a whole bunch (laughs) weiss wins uh no weiss disappears our uh killer disappears and says my role is an assassin you can't expect me to be out in the open well then why did you approach him out in the open to start the the stereo off (laughs) and killer says this is a game and weiss is like oh this is stupid i'll just turn on my scanner and it disappears and Keller says, ha, that's against the rules. That would make the game no fun. And uh, I guess Keller is, is as good of a programmer as Hermit. That's why he's the brain of Eden's. That, so what we are witnessing then is the quote unquote smartest member of this group deliberately setting up a scenario so that they could act like they're skilled at something that presumably that they're not in because mm-hmm. they put themselves into a situation where they have all the cheat codes yes also we okay. did a digital arc before 
So yeah, kind of feel like we're retreading a little bit of ground, but we'll see. Maybe he does a whole bunch of other stuff next week. And I'm along. I don't know. I mean, it's also like how Weiss, you know, fought against a guy whose whole thing was uh, mind controlling people up until it was I have a giant mech. So. Oh, man, I hope this dude shows up in a big mech next week. I cannot tell you how much I want I'm the that. ultimate assassin. <laughs> I do love the killer starts off this battle of hide and seek uh, assassination by showing up right in front of Weiss and then disappearing. It's like how you start up every Hitman level by appearing in front of your target going, I'm going to kill you, me, specifically me. And then you go back to a different part of the level and they forget about you. You walk away and you're like, now the game can start. That's right. <laughs> um, it's kind of badass, honestly. Uh, Brigadine punches Hamora. She goes flying. She's like, wow, he's too strong. Tries to cut him. She's like, shit, I can't cut him. And he says, no blade can push through my armor. I don't know if he says it like that, but who cares? Anyway, we cut back to Wizard, who's like, friends, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and Shiki's like, no, it was Ziggy who taught me how, fr- how important friends are, but that Ziggy isn't around anymore. And Wizard's like, no, that Lord Ziggy had a lapse of reason. <coughs> and Shiki's like, no, wait a minute. When Ziggy erased Switch into Dark Star's memories, that was before he went berserk. In other words, that was when he was still a kind, caring grandpa. Wait, does that mean something? Does that mean Ziggy erased the crews of his memories while he was still himself? But why did he not want them to know? No, it can't be. And uh, while this is going on, Wizard's just like, shut the I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, I got a super lightning ball now. I'm going to kill you now. <coughs> and then a two-page spread, Shiki runs forward and just rips out. Like, his abdomen just fucking ripped straight through it. And Wizard's like, How? I absorbed all of your ether! Shiki's like, But you made us friends by ripping out my ribcage! Shiki says, Only about a tenth of it. I'm gonna be fighting Ziggy, so of course I have to save some energy for that. I thought one tenth of my power would be enough to beat you. But you were stronger than I expected. And, uh, Wizard just says, Overwhelming! So strong! Attention, all dark stars. Do not underestimate them. And Shiki, as he's, I guess, walking away or standing there waiting for them to not be stuck in an alternate dimension or whatever, I'm not sure, says, hey, this is just a theory, but do you think maybe Ziggy knew he was going to go crazy? So this note that we end on is actually a little bit interesting. Mm -hmm. I am actually curious to see, like, okay... If, you know, did Ziggy actually think that there was like going to be some sort of, you know, weird change of persona that would inexplicably come over him? And so he set things up in in a way to allow for like an opposition to that to come up against him. That might make things a little bit interesting. Yeah. Uh, the entire thing where Shiki just goes like, oh, no, you thought you'd absorb all the ether, but it was only, like, one-tenth of it. It's just... <laughs> that's that's a very dumb moment that sounds cool in concept, but it just doesn't come... It, it doesn't read as cool as it ultimately kind of sounds, where you're like, oh, he only need one-tenth of his power to win. Because first and foremost, this feels like a moment you should have saved... Bef- like, you should have saved this to maybe after the other three fought, because this takes the tension out of the other... Dark Star fights. Like if the other mm-hmm. three don't just crush their Dark Star opponent, you're kind of like, why did I sit there and watch Shiki destroy the supposed leader of them first? Um, but or why did Shiki even fight this one? Why not have someone else come in? Yeah, 
and interrupt the fight and then Shiki has to go on to fight Ziggy and that person fights witch or wizard whatever so it's, it's an odd like way to start this whole conflict but you know I actually yes I, I do like the actual uh, theorizing that are going out here suggesting like oh maybe Ziggy did all this for a good reason and it's like okay cool this is an intriguing mystery that I would like to see the answer to yeah oh, I get that yeah all right, we're going to move on then to Akane Banashi. It's chapter 10, story 10 rather, model. Uh, so Kyoji uh, is going to be demonstrating his uh, his Rakugo in, as he promised the last chapter. And he says at the beginning, I'm going to demonstrate the power of my seniority to you. He's like, all right, calm down, buddy. <laughs> um. So Akane is interested because she's like, oh, I've, I've never actually seen his his Rakugo before. Uh, so Kyoji introduces himself and uh, he starts speaking to all of the elderly people in the audience that uh, we're going to talk about Edoko today. Those who were born and raised in Edo. And there's a saying about the Neas of Edo that no true Edoko saves his money. They have no fixation on getting rich. And so basically anytime that anyone has money, they immediately spend it or try to get rid of it in, in some form uh, because, hey, you know, things will always work out no matter what happens. You don't need to bother saving your money. It's a rather naively optimistic way of looking at things. But that was how it was. And so then he starts launching into it. And there's something that you get that doesn't become super obvious until later, which is as he's speaking as different people, his word bubbles take on different shapes for different characters. Mm -hmm. And once he starts talking to himself, it becomes really, really enhanced. Uh, and so, you know, he's getting into the story and basically it is about, uh, someone who finds a wall on the street and, uh, it's got some money in it. And the, uh, person who finds the wall tracks down the owner, uh, and wants to return it, but because they're Edoko and they don't want to hold on to money, neither of them wants the money in the wallet, which is a ridiculous story to begin, uh, you know, premise to start off with. Uh, but so they're trying to figure out a way, a way to decide who's going to actually keep the three Rio, the three coins or whatever inside of it. And as Akane is watching it, she's thinking to herself, oh man, every word, every gesture that Kyoji performs is perfect. It's thorough, dedicated Rakugo. Uh, and, you know, Kyoji is, you know, speaking about stuff and, and he just says like, ah, I don't think much of this style. If you were a real Edoko, you would be eating something with a lot less flavor. And like, that's not like a joke really but he says it so you know earnestly and passionately that it gets a big reaction out of the audience and akane starts to realize like oh okay he's not just some really serious guy but then she observes him getting more and more into it and he's starting to have this argument with himself and we get this wonderful page where he, him as one character is on one side of it, him as the other character is on the other side of it, and you see them trading barbs and facial expressions and gestures, and their different voices are going back and forth. And Akane realizes as the argument intensifies, 
he's too serious to be taken seriously. The back and forth in the Rakugo is funny enough, but because he looks and sounds so serious while performing it, it feels even funnier. And uh, we get this flashback to when Kyoji was younger and he didn't have a shaved head and he was learning from Master Shigama, who told him, don't try to make people laugh. You're not clever enough to make them chuckle with witty repartee. Play it seriously. And Kyoji had his doubts about this because like, if I'm just serious, then you know there's not going to be any laughter. But Shigama says, it's true. Being nothing but a stick in the mud is no fun. However, playing serious to the point of exaggeration is bound to be funny. If you stick with it, it'll become your trademark. Be direct to the point of stubbornness. That will become your weapon. Which is so... This is so good. Yeah, man. I I love just like the, the lessons of this series every time. Like this is a legitimate thing uh, that, you know, some people need to learn. Like if they act in some comedic stuff is that, yeah, you know, it's it's funny to have a, a person who like, you know, is oh, making, you know, kind of is making witty remarks or they're making exaggerated stuff. And stuff. But there is definitely something very, very funny about overly serious characters. And I, I'm glad that, you know, like, for example, like in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you've got Captain Holt, very, very serious character who's very funny mm-hmm. because of that. And, you know, that, so that people can understand that more. Um, because, you know, a lot of the times, like, all you got to do in order to be funny is just believe in the material that you have and not, like, make big winks and, and yeah. play off in exaggerated ways. So, yeah. But Kyoji continues on his story, and it essentially gets to a point where it's like the gift of the of the Bajai. Not the gift of the Bajai. What am I thinking of? What's that? Uh, oh, gosh. What is that that name? I am thinking of that name. The cutting the baby in half one. Oh, King Solomon. King yes, Solomon's Solomon. <laughs> Gift of the Magi is completely different. But um, also a good story, though. You know? Yeah, both good stories. We all want combs. Yeah, <laughs> that's why that story. That's what the lesson of the story is, right? Everyone likes a comb. It's a good gift for everybody. <laughs> Uh, but it's like an inverted version of the of the of King Solomon, basically. So because the two people arguing over who gets to keep the Rio in the wallet go to see the magistrate and to decide who will be burdened with the money. And so they entrust him with the money and they're like, oh, why don't you accept it? It's like, no, no, no. And they make their cases. And as Kyoji is building it up, uh, to the conclusion of of the matter, he thinks to himself, the relationship of Rakugo master and pupil is a strange one. Taking a pupil under his wing does not earn the master a thing. If anything, between teaching etiquette and giving lessons, he does nothing but give. Despite this, he watches over us like a father over his children in a relationship that goes far beyond material gain and loss. We can never thank him enough. And... Kyoji concludes the story, which is, I will give both Kichigoro and Kintaro a reward. Each person, I will add one Ryo to the three. 
making four in total. And now I will give two to each of you. Thus, in my judgment, three men lose one Rio each. Yeah. Which is fucking clever as hell. Yeah, I, I I was like, I don't know if I've heard this story at all before, but I was like, this is a, just a good story. Yeah. And in that demonstration of weird generosity, there is a much more sincere one going on in Kyoji's mind between himself and Akane, which is, I'm the elder disciple, so I won't spare in my generosity to you, Akane, the same way that Shigeba didn't spare it to me. To be worthy of giving this gift, it is in my nature to give words power. As Rokogoka, as a person, I will proceed it forward to make you wish to catch up to me. That's the epitome of a senior pupil. And it's such a, a and I say a much more straightforward gift, but it is also a weirdly twisted one as well, because he's like, I'm going to wow you with how much better I am than you. Yeah. Because that's my gift to you to make you want to surpass me. But that's cool as shit. <laughs> and Akane is completely blown away by this. She's like, oh, my God, he's so cool. Uh, and then we cut to later. They go back to the the, the pub and Akane's gushing about how awesome Kyoji's Rakugo is. Uh, and uh, Kyoji says, like, to interrupt her while she's going on about stuff. Hey, uh the next, I don't mind that you, you know, did it, but next time be aware that some Rakugoko don't like the opening act using a Makura before the story. They think it's putting on airs. And also, when you talk about me, call me Kyoji Anisan. And Akai's like, oh, you mean like a brother? And he says, yes. Becoming a pupil means having a parent child relationship with your teacher. The master is the parent, the pupils are his children. That makes us like siblings. So when Rakugo are close to their senpai, they call them Anisan or Anesan out of respect. And he concludes this by saying, do you understand Akane? And Akane's like, well, that's the first time he said my name to me, which is <laughs> really sweet and kind of kind of, kind of like, up. oh, well, a little bit. But she's really happy with this, and she's very thankful. And she says, oh, thanks for the lessons, Kyojiani-san. It's very cute. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, the server that uh, we saw uh, Akane getting along with when she started her training at the pub comes by and says, oh, by the way, how's school going? Don't you have midterms to study for? And Akane's like, shut ah, up. Ah, shut up. Uh-oh. Ah, <laughs> And Kyoji would be like, what do you mean, uh-oh? Have you, have you been studying? I told you to study! <laughs> so. It's very... There, this is a great chapter. <laughs> this is a great series. Um, like, in case you guys hadn't heard the good news, the series uh, started ranking and ranked third in its, thir in its like, first real ranking um, I guess this isn't its first ranking, but it's a very early one. It's ranking very well at the start, which I don't want to like be like, phew, it's safe because you never know. But like, it does do my heart well to hear that this series seems to be finding an audience. So it does not, it doesn't end up being a series that really required a lot of luck, like PPP to like get going or find its footing or anything like that. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it does seem as if it has caught on more readily than PPPPP did. 
And PPPPP, of course, has, you know, it's, it's sticking around for a yeah. while. So, you know, for a series that's not, you know, of the most traditional kind of Shonen Jump series, it's it's a good sign. Yes. Uh, it's not a bad sign at the very least, but yeah. Yes. Very so, good one. Don't, don't jinx it yet, but yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Nick, let's talk about just the cutest, smultiest, fun garbage. Blue box. It's uh, chapter number 49. At morning practice again. Hey, Taiki's going to morning practice. Uh, but, uh, before that, oh, right, Chinatsu is moving out temporarily because, uh, her mother is in town. We do get a firmer timeline, which is specifically, it's going to be for one month until, uh, Chinatsu's grandfather's surgery is the time that she's going to not be leaving, living with the Inamatas. Uh, and as Taiki is like helping them like move luggage and stuff, his mom says, Oh yeah, you know, I know it's only gotta be a little while, but we're gonna miss that girl, aren't we, Taiki? And Taiki's like, uh, uh, sure. <laughs> Stop being awkward. Stop being 15. Stop it. <laughs> uh Chinatsu returns the house key to Taiki. And he's like, oh, thanks. And he's just like, oh, no, no, thank you. I mean, I, I know that, you know, you know, you're you're helping me out and stuff, even though you've got practice after this and everything. And there's just kind of this like, you know, awkward little moment because he's like, oh, the girl I like is moving out. And she says, I, um, I'll see you at practice later. OK. He's like, oh, yeah. OK. Dumb boy. Yeah. Um, so Taiki is like, all right, we get to see each other after this. And I don't know if this page just isn't loading for me or if there's something wrong with everyone. Okay, there it goes. Uh, so Taiki's like, yeah, we're closer than we were before. So maybe we'll get to like talk to each other at morning practice. And he shows up early. He gets to the gym and nobody's there because he's just got there too early. So he's like, oh, right. Chinatsu lives farther away. So I guess it makes sense that she wouldn't show up at the same time that I do. Uh, Haruyu shows up then and drags him out to go and do some running. But Taiki's like, oh, man, I, it's fine if I run, but I, I won't get to see Chinatsu. Ooh, ooh. And he specifically, we see specifically him in class later on going, oh, I didn't get to see Chinatsu. I, you feel for him while also being like, what a fucking dork. Like that sweet time <laughs> when you're like the biggest problem in the world is like, you didn't get to see my crush very much today. This is the worst day in the world. And you're like, buddy, you have four more of them this fucking school week alone. I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> Just go talk to her. Gosh. You don't have a job. You can do that. Yeah, you have almost no responsibilities. <laughs> like, just fucking call her. Not until my uh, manga becomes an anime. <laughs> Uh, at least he didn't make a dumb fucking promise about that. <laughs> I won't ever talk to her until I win nationals. Like, you have to understand how astronomically low of a chance that is, right? Like, in all of Japan, there's a lot of people. You have to be better than all of them. And you aren't a like, good player know. to start with. 
Can you imagine how much like how much less cool Senna would have been if you had a crush on some girl? Like, if I don't prove myself to be the real Ashield Twenty One by winning the Christmas Bowl, that I won't talk to her. I'd be like, God damn it! <laughs> Fuck off, Senna. <laughs> you really can make any series that had a romantic partnership so much worse if the main character made a promise to never interact with them until. Until they made their promise, like each go being like, until all hollows are killed, I'm never going to talk to you again, or he may. Wait, wait, you like me? Oh, yeah, I guess I just kind of left, always left that unsaid this whole time. Yeah. Can't talk to you. But I can't talk to you. Hollows. <laughs> there's still, there's still sadness in the world. She's like, I don't, I don't think that's ever going to be fully eradicated. <laughs> you better hope it is. <laughs> but her sons and kiss you it away or something or else yeah. no kissies <laughs> <laughs> that is true i didn't mean rukia oh <laughs> we know what camp dominates our chat yeah <laughs> all right so <laughs> although if you said that to rukia she'd just be like stop being an idiot <laughs> yeah. shut up i hate you <laughs> Here's my Bankai that kills me. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, anyway, so Taiki is just sitting in class, bummed out. Uh, and then she also thinks like, oh, it's actually really weird that I didn't see Chinatsu. She's usually one of the first people there. Wait, did Chinatsu senpai even come to school? Maybe she came down with the cold. And then he just randomly spots her uh, when he goes into a class to live or something. He's like, oh, oh. If I don't see her at the gym or randomly run into her at school, I wouldn't even know she was here today. Oh, my God. Calm down. <laughs> Just. Oh, you've got her cell phone number. <laughs> Just contact her. <laughs> there is a funny moment where like he's like slumping in his chair all bummed down the girl next to him says what's the matter stomach ache and she's like i guess you're fine she's like, all right fine it's nothing so like we skip ahead and he's reading a book that is how to skip a grade <laughs> so i'm resorting it's so adorable like again it's like even though it's immediately followed by someone be like, you had to be joking. He's like, I am. It is like this adorable thing of just like, this is the only thing that matters. How do I remove every possible barrier in the way? Like, it would be like as if she was like, oh, I'm moving to Germany. It's like how I could take plane tickets there every week. Like, how much would I need to make it a week to make a plane trip out to see her every week in Germany? Like, why wouldn't you just move to Germany? I can't speak German. <laughs> <laughs> That's beyond him. He's like, that'd be impossible. <laughs> Sprechen to what? Making. <laughs> but, you know, making thousands of dollars every week. That's fine. He's like, I can't even find a book on how to talk about talking German. They're like, well, they call it Deutschland. They're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the hell is that? It's called Germany. Why do they call it something else? <laughs> You know, in other other countries, call us Japan. What? <laughs> the hell is that? <laughs> Aren't we in America? <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, fast forward to a practice. Taiki steps up because he's practicing badminton, and he hears from the other side of the gym Chinatsu shouting encouragement to one of her teammates. He's like, wait a minute, that reminds me. Until we started living together, we were so apart from each other that being together like this was enough to make me happy. And just that thought... I guess carries him through the rest of practice because by the time he finishes with the practice match, he's like, where'd the girls basketball team go? And his friend's like, oh, they left. And Daiki's like, I didn't even realize they left. Why didn't you tell me? I did have a moment when they're like, oh, everybody left. Like, where you're just like, oh, because he does like, he's just, he's a seal dumb boy. And he just wants to see the girl he likes. He's just a fucking doof. He doesn't have another thought in his big dumb head except like, want to see girl I like. So, he just thinks to himself like, oh, I just wanted to catch a glimpse of her one last time before I had to leave. He's like, you wouldn't have been satisfied with that. You would have, you would have just been sad looking at her instead yes. of sad not her, not seeing her. Uh, but he's tired after the day because he had a whole lot to do. Uh, and he's like, oh, I wonder if Haru Senpai is going to wake up early tomorrow and take me out to Ron again. Uh, oh, right stuff up. Chinatsu Senpai is not going to be there. It's going to be a whole month like this. And then he does the most mature thing he's done this entire series, which is pick his head up and go, starting tomorrow, I'll try talking to her more. Yeah. Even if we're not living together. I don't see why I shouldn't talk to her normally. Besides, someday, this will be our norm. But not getting to talk to her at all? He's worried, because it's going to be... There's a new normal for him coming soon, where maybe he won't get to talk to his girl every single day. You know? And that makes him sad. Hmm. Even though, again, it's for a month. He knows that there is a tangible time frame in which things will go back to the actual normal, you know? Maybe he's referring to, like, the two years being up, and he's like, and I still wouldn't have confessed to her. <laughs> I mean, look, I understand. He feels like he's under a time crunch because he's like, I only have so long to actually get to feel like I connect with her, and I've now lost a month of that because she's she has this thing she, she has to go do. Like, I, I do get why he feels, like, tense and concerned. Mixed with just generally being a hormonal teenager who doesn't really know mm-hmm. what's... You know, everything is a disaster. Yeah, pretty much. Taiki gets home, and oh my god, Chinatsu is like on the the atrium step. Like, she's right there waiting for him to go. And she's like, oh, hey, welcome home. And Taiki's like, what are you doing in her house? And he immediately says, is she coming back to live here? <laughs> yeah, I, I do love that moment. I'm like, oh, maybe she's going to live here again. Uh, but Chinatsu just says, oh, I, I, I forgot something. And I'm, I'm, I'm on my way out. She's actually putting her shoes on to leave. Uh, when Taiki gets there. So he's like, oh, okay. Uh, but Chinatsu says, oh, I, I wanted to tell you. this is where, um, if CinemaSins were ranking, like, every blue box mistake in for formats or last and they ding, that'd be one to, like, what did she forget? We have to know. There could be a big plot point. <laughs> when did she forget her socks? Why didn't she bring her socks? Like, I, in my mind, there was something, like, I just forgot something, and there, there was, like, a small voice band that was like, what did she forget? And I was like, fuck would it matter <laughs> maybe 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 she didn't forget anything and she just made an excuse so that she could ta- talk to taiki yeah wouldn't that be nice oh <gasps> the young lovers or maybe it's the shovel <gasps> oh she forgot the the evidence that'll convict her 
That's she right. Had, she had to catch it. Oh, man. <laughs> it was like blue box, but it's, there's a it gets like blood splattered. <laughs> you know, it's either- blue box full of pe- blue box full of hands. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the blue box is what we buried him in. <laughs> and now the title makes sense. Yeah. Um, so blue box was the name of the gymnasium that she spread underneath. (laughs) God. So, um, Chinatsu says, you never showed up in morning practice. And Taiga's like, well, yeah, I did. I had to go out and running with Haru Senpai. Oh, you weren't there. And Chinatsu says, oh, I, I took the wrong train. So I, and I was, and I read a little bit from the station and there's just this kind of silent sequence of Taiki kind of staring at her as we get this visual from Chidatsu's perspective of her rushing from the station to the gym and seeing that it's empty the same way that Taiki's thought was empty when she wasn't there. And Taiki looks at her, Chidatsu looks at him and Taiki just says to himself, I was right. This is between us has changed. Because they wanted to talk to each other. They both did. It wasn't just on his end this time. So he promises that he'll actually wait for her when he gets to the gym tomorrow. And, uh, yeah. So it's, so on. That's cute. Yeah. Closer now. They like, they like spending time with each other. Isn't that nice? Aww. I, I do. it, It is. I don't know why it is. It's not like a particularly, like, I don't know. I, I just found myself very much saying like oh when it's like oh they both got to this gym and were really really sad when the other wasn't there these yeah. two stupid kids like each other but they don't re- like they don't know how to say it yet it's like oh it's just smultzy in like a way i find kind of relaxing yeah but you need sometimes you know sometimes you want something where you're like yeah the stakes couldn't be lower <laughs> The reveal at the end of the chapter is very effective and I appreciate that it is, you know, there's, there's no like dialogue or narration or anything over the sequence of Shinatsu running into the gym. Cause it's like, Oh, we already, you know, know what this is like from Taiki's perspective and it's more effective that way. So, yeah. Uh, I had a moment this week where I was like, fuck, I was trying to find like a way to distract myself. I wanted to watch a movie and I was like, <laughs> I had to like ask people, I, like, I need a movie with absolute like a comedy movie with absolutely zero stakes i cannot stress i i cannot have an emotional core there cannot be a big lesson that is learned i cannot have something like that uh ended up watching there can't be uh there can't be a third act breakup nothing yeah Yeah. i was like and like and you can't have like another like i was like it can't be like the hangover where like half the movie like i hope this dude isn't dead i was like i just can't have that right now (laughs) Uh, so I decided to watch Clueless for the first time, and I was like, you know what? That was exactly the right call. There are zero stakes in that movie. I'm not even sure it's a movie. It feels like I just watched like a hundred scenes that are vaguely connected, and then the movie ends. And I was like, you know what? I had a couple good laughs out of the way at, at by the end of it. That movie, I watched it not too long ago, and I was just like, wow, this is a very 90s movie <laughs> yes aggressively so in some really awesome ways some not so awesome ways uh it is also a weird movie where you're like huh she really does just get together with the stepbrother at the end all right yeah. you know what <laughs> i i was watching it with my family and like as it became increasingly apparent that that was going to happen i just 
queued up the clip from Young Justice of the one villain saying, dude, that's your sister. And yeah. just played it every time that they kiss. <laughs> they're just, they just like had no qualms about doing that at all. Didn't bring up It's any. weird because they do address it as being weird when it's like it cuts to a wedding and then it, her voiceover goes, as if. Besides, we're not in Kentucky. And I was like, oh, so they don't get together. But then there are a couple at the wedding with the implication of they might get married soon. So I was like, so you are. Yeah. Um, but hey, Donald Faison's in it. So. Yeah, Donald Faison's excellent. Uh, I forget. He's playing some garbage superhero in the newest season of Legends of Tomorrow. Like, I don't know. Oh. Like a, I think he's playing like the old blue or no, he's Booster Gold. He's playing Booster Gold, which I was like, that's oh, okay. kind of exciting. Not enough to make me want to watch Legends of Tomorrow again, because right. I just can't. But I was like, you you do have just about as much of my attention as you can get at this point. Also, the inc- ever-increasing, ever-spiraling disaster that is the live-action Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> we'll see if that's that done, right? Like, that's done, I think done. it is. Yeah, I, was like, that, I think I it must be. <laughs> I haven't heard anything since they were like, we're refilming the pilot or whatever. Like, those fucking, those pictures that got out destroyed that fucking series. So goddamn bad, man. It is, it is brutal. All right, Nick. Uh, let's talk about Mashal, Magic and Muscles. Chapter 104, Mash Burned and the Pluck Tail, as we get the uh, anniversary and the uh, cover poll, uh, popularity poll. And surprise, surprise, Mash is in first. Uh, yep. Cold or is it just, or is it just the cream puff? Because he's got the cream puff with it him there. Just yeah. be the cream puff. Um, Mash, or sorry, Caldo Gehenna is the surprising second, and I'm like. Maybe the poll took place relatively shortly after Caldo showed up during the wizard tournament before he fought Margaret. Uh, although Margaret doesn't show up at the top five at all. Uh, the other three are Lance, Dot, and Rain, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, and then they also note Rain or uh, Finn got sixth place. It's like, okay. Yeah. All of that, I guess, makes sense. Except for Caldo Gehenna. I truly don't get how he got that high. Um, but um, I am going to put my money on the Hitsugaya effect. So, oh, just the the closed eyes kind of character. No, the the yeah, the cute white haired boy. Uh, uh, oh, to... oh, Hitsugaya. Never mind. I was thinking Jin. Um, yeah. yeah, okay, I can see it. Uh, so Mash has to start undergoing his super awesome training, and uh, the first train is a game of take the tail, and Mash is like, whose tail? And we are introduced to Top Boy Ocha, uh, who is a tiny creature wearing a crocodile costume who says, So you better show me some respect! <laughs> pow, pow! <laughs> you gonna answer me? And he's just plunging at Mash's ankles. <laughs> I love Mash's face because you see him look down and then look up. <laughs> just ignore him. <laughs> and he's just ignoring him the entire time. And the creature's just like, Don't leave me hanging! And Mash just takes out a cream puff and starts eating it. <laughs> uh, the uh, the task is to take 12 tails off of Ocha here. Uh, and you do that, you will pass the first huddle, and you have a week to do it. But if you fail at this task, you cannot possibly be trained. You know that you are up against my pupil. You came here by way of Rio's grace, but I won't have anyone waste my time on someone without promise. 
And then, uh, oh gosh, I forget her name. Melodious? No. Uh, no, Mel that's, Melia uh... Duel. Melia Duel. Yeah. Uh, Melia Duel's like, all right, I gotta get going. I have a flower arrangement class. Uh, do try to be good by the time I get back. And I do like Master sets it by going like, flower arrangement and it's never really addressed again <laughs> i guess she just does that um so mash or uh rio is just like all right you uh you may want to do this quickly because immediately mash finds that he's like wait i can't really move so fast and uh, rio says yes the gravity in this room increases exponentially every 10 minutes the longer you take the worse your odds Fight through it and grab those eleven, those twelve tails. Also, I don't think it's actually exponentially that it's increasing. No, it looks like it's just increasing by one. Yeah, because it goes times two, times three, times four, times five. That's so, that's increasing arithmetically, I think. Yeah. So, so all right, Shonen Jump, let's. Uh, we're gonna have to have a talk with all your editing team. Looks like you, that's right. You know what? Manga piracy should still happen because this, you guys, so it's you guys used the term wrong incorrectly in a manga. Uh, so. Oh my god, Chris! Like that they'll they'll do these. They're already use any excuse. <laughs> like you don't need to give them fake ones. Yeah. Um. So Mash is like shit. I can't really walk. Uh, Ocha is just dancing around, being like la da da, easy as pie. Um. And Mash is like, shit, this sucks. I can't even grab a single one. Uh, Ocha is like, bow down to the strong and show off to the weak. It's my motto. And uh, Mash is like, I hate you. And he takes <laughs> off his like wristbands. He doesn't say I hate you. He should have. He takes off his wristbands, does the big explosion thing, and then he's super, super fast. And he goes, but he's still a little too slow. And, you know, even after all this time happens, he can't, he can't get any um we just see like a montage from trying and failing to snatch one each time and uh we just have rio being like you know at this rate you're really gonna lose everything you care about don't you realize that you're always holding back think mash think back what caused you to be this way and we go into a flashback of mash being like holding back and mash's dad's like oh my neck and mash's like oh you want a massage pop he's like Oh, I kind of going to love a massage. And Mash <laughs> squeezes his shoulder. And his dad's like, oh, God, my shoulders. You're popping them out. Oh, oh. And Mash just goes, what was that, Pops? He got really noisy all of a sudden. He's like, oh, it's the sound of my grinding shoulders. Oh, the grinding. Oh, you've broken them. <laughs> and Mash just goes, oh, I'm sorry, Pops. <laughs> So Rio's like, you have to overcome the past to protect your friends and family. I'm sorry. It's like the seat, the back, the flashback itself on its own would not be that funny. But then when you think about it in the context of this is the massive mental block that Mash has to overcome that's preventing from using 100% of his power. Yeah. <laughs> He's uh, trying to give his pops a, a helpful shoulder massage and hurt him a little. <laughs> Uh, his dad, we see in the flashback, said, It's all right, Mash. Don't feel bad. When wielded properly, great strength also has the power to save people. Don't feel your power. But also never get anyone with massage again. <laughs> uh, so Mash says, Pops. And then we just see Rio reacting shock. And then uh, Melia Duel is coming back. And she's like, Oh, has he at least managed to grab one tail? And Rio says, he's done far better than that, Mistress Melia Duel. And we see Mash has gotten all 12 tails in less than a day 
even while the gravity was in play. And, and uh, he has his wrist weights back on as well. Yes. So. And Melia Duel says, I think I'm beginning to see now. Rio was right to bring you to me. A true diamond in the rough. Very well. On to the second stage. And we get the little closing note. 29 days remain until the final battle. Yeah, it's a uh, it's, uh, quick and silly take on the Goku chasing bubbles mm. bit from Dragon Ball, which was already, when you think about it, incredibly silly because Goku was chasing a super fast monkey around a tiny plant that for some reason had really powerful gravity, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, not even remotely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and we got through it pretty quickly as as well. So yes. I, well, I'm, I wonder what we're going to see next in Mash's training montage. So. Yeah, I, I, I liked it a lot. I like where it's going. And, um, you know, I, I, I think it was a lot of fun, to be honest. Um, just a goofy chapter that didn't have a ton of stakes to it. But I do. I, I honestly did kind of find the, the flashback a little emotional. The dad being like, look, you know, I know you care. And great power can protect people when it's learned to be wielded properly it's like a yes. nice way to be, do like a funny joke and then put like a real serious context to it yeah i agree uh so let's move on and wrap this up with black clover page 330 declaration to the shadows black clover. Uh, so we open with power rangers lost in space having floated over <laughs> and uh grab something out of the corpse of lucifero <laughs> And just says, cool, this is what I wanted. At peace. <laughs> and he just, just, they just, they just fly away. What a little shit. <laughs> Chapter's done. Um, we see, you know, sitting there saying like, wow, Asta and the captains are really, really hurt. But the ones who are in the worst shape are those two pointing to Yami and uh, Nature Boy Eric Flair. And he says, if there's anyone who might be able to heal this, it's, and he flashes in Mimosa using his teleportation powers. And she looks, she's like, oh my gosh, but I have no magic left. And suddenly, like, this weight hits everybody where they're like, oh my god. And Gray's there. She's like, I don't have any magic left either. I can't do anything. Patrick's like, even if I had my grimoire here, these wounds I can't. And you just see Charlotte staring horrified. And she's like, after I came out here all this way to save you what do you think you're doing wait wake up what happened to that insolence of yours don't you die and there's a pause as she starts sobbing and she says i love you i love you all right i'm begging you don't die and then we see rogue the cat like shoot out like a, a thread and it, it like kind of zooms into the distance and then suddenly we see like a speeding cart as the Black Bull's headquarter and all their main members of the Black Bull, all with their mouths open, because that's just how this group works, ah! uh, run up and they just start shoving food into Mimosa, basically. Charmy just starts slamming food into her, being like, hurry, eat all this, just shove it in your mouth. She's like, wait, I need a knife and fork. They're like, no time. It's a cute detail that she's like, oh, but to eat, I need proper silverware. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, no, just use your goddamn hands. Um, and she's like huzzah my magic is back and she uses ultimate magic plant magic princess flower utopia and saves them and uh, they're like holy shit we did it like I can't believe we made it in time and there's even a note of like 
Yeah, you know, I was so close to like dying with the uh, Yami and some people point out like, actually, you almost died first. Like they start like basically like saying like, you die, you were going to die first. No, you were going to die first. Uh, but Yami turns over to Charlotte and says, hey, Charlotte, thanks to you, I'm not dead. By the way, did you say something a moment ago? And she just steams up in embarrassment and faints. <laughs> um, Asta super excited. is like, oh, I'm so glad to see you guys. Yeah. And uh, uh, immediately Yami's like, you fucked up my sword, you big dumb idiot. How are you going to fix this? <laughs> and Asta's like, Aah. But Yami just says, well, I got me a new katana, so you might as well have this one. And uh, Asta says, thank you. And I can't tell if that is meant to be a pun on the fact that Yami's new sword is made of trees or if it's just he's really like happy and he's like slurring his words as a result. I believe Asta has said thank you exactly that way multiple times before. I really like the idea that he's making a shitty tree pun on a tree (laughs) that has not been confirmed to be a you. (laughs) So... (laughs) Would you like me to have your sword, <laughs> Captain Yami? Like, oh, all right, all right. You know what? Oh, you Shh. will. Okie dokie, then. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, oh man, so many swords. Maybe I should try branching out into some <laughs> other things. <laughs> you know what my favorite meme is? Twelve feral mahoganies. God, <laughs> just like he pauses for like a minute and a half as you see him clearly working out the mechanics of the, the, the pun in his head. He, he finally says it. Everyone's gone. It's just him alone in the wilderness. Hello, my friends. All right. Uh, once I get back home, I'll have a great redwood one to share with everybody. Uh, no, that doesn't work. Hang on. Oh, it'll be so good when I come up with it, though. You guys watch. Wait, I forgot about Pine. That was sitting on the table forever. Wait, everybody, come back. <laughs> Gets back. He's an outcast from society. But I thought that I'd prove myself, even though I have no magic. Yeah, but no one likes talking to you. They throw him in jail, actually. <laughs> like, no, you're going to jail. You're there with the purple orca dudes. Oh, I might be dead. I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, so as- are there heroes now? I can't remember. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I honestly don't remember. Uh, and then uh, the Black Bulls all say thank you, Captain Na- uh, Nature Boy Flair, and welcome back. And Nature Boy Flair says, "I can't stand people like you, people who don't do things right." But I'm that way myself, so let me live with you guys properly this time. Aww. Hey, it's all it's wrapping everything up uh, for the story arc and yes. Narx is coming home. Ooh. Yes. Uh also uh, worth noting, uh for those who haven't heard this news, uh Black Clover, I believe, has one chapter coming out and then is going on a a, a hiatus. Um mm. not clear exactly for how long. Um I hope Tabata gets plenty of time to rest. It would make a lot of sense. Uh this was a big arc. It was kind of theorized for a while. This might be a final arc, um, but there have been enough loose plot threads that clearly there's stuff for them to still explore. Um, so we'll have more to go, but it looks like we'll be having Black Clover disappear for a little bit of time at least. 
And uh, in addition to that, Ayakashi Triangle is now moving over to uh, to uh, what was it Jump Plus, I believe it is. Uh, yes, I think which. So. I don't know if that is going to affect its publication uh, on. Yes, we do not know as of this point if that means it's still going to be translated by Viz and published there or whatnot. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything for us. I don't think it was ever coming back to our recap. Uh, might mean something for monthly other recap, but, you know, we'll, we'll but uh, when it gets there. Yeah, that could also indicate that, man, we might be getting some new stuff soon without actually seeing anything end. Uh We'll see, I yes. guess. Uh, it seems unlikely that nothing will end, um, but it does mean that certain other series that were kind of floundering may have another chance to at least get a couple more months out of themselves. So we shall see. Yeah. Yeah. But I assume that we must become. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we're definitely coming up on that rotation soon because it's, yes, you know, we're up to like eight chapters uh, for the newest stuff. So we will cover that stuff when it comes out very shortly, I'm sure. But for right now, uh, especially for for in regards to the Black Clover chapter, it's fine. Yeah, um, it's it does. It's one of those things where it's like I, it, it's a point I keep coming back to. But it's just that Black Clover has so many characters that it doesn't really do a lot with for so very long. And then when it comes back to them, it's like, yeah, OK. I mean, I know that Charlotte you know, was attracted to Yami because it was one of like two character traits that she had. And because of that, it's like, all right, yeah, she has this, you know, thing where she pours out her heart to the guy that she thinks is dying. And then he goes back and she's embarrassed. Yeah, but okay. I mean, like it's, it's, I don't know anything else about like that beyond her very few appearances. And I do wish that we had seen more stuff to like actually make you care about that moment more, at least in terms of how I look at it, but it's fine. Everything gets wrapped up all nicely and uh, everyone's going to be going home. Big, happy conclusion. And I do really actually like the note of like, Oh yeah. That other demon who was doing nothing the whole time is like, all right, taking this leaving. And just is like, all right, very obvious setup for a future arc right there, but I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. And uh, whether we come back to that or not, we, we will see. Uh, I hope we do. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Black Clover, but I do really appreciate it being around. So, yeah, I, I liked it quite a lot. And with all that said, I guess we'll wrap things up and say what the favorites were this week. Favorite chapter and MVP. Yeah. Uh, so obviously so. this is a, a weird week because there are stuff that is skipped um and the the audience pick for mvp by the way is spy family which uh, is a chapter that um absolutely is fantastic it would probably be my chapter of the week this week if we talked about it however i just could not get into the headspace to talk about that one on this particular week of my life Mm -hmm. Um, so with the chapters that we did discuss i wanted to kind of give a shout out to akane banashi because i thought it was one, uh, an excellent chapter, and two, just had a lot of really, really good messages to it. Um, so I just found myself really enjoying that one. I will echo that completely. Uh, it was uh, we. I've given Akira Banashi my favorite chapter, like I think a third of the chapters that it's had so far. But I do legitimately really enjoy it, and I think that this was a very, very good example of what the stuff that it does. You know, showing like a kind of sports manga e you know 
specialization that a character has, but also drawing on like a legitimate thing that you know theatrical performers do, which is really cool, and doing it in a very stylish way that that carries across the way that it's being done very well, and also tying it into character stuff is like it's it does so much in one chapter. It's amazing. Yeah. So. No, absolutely. Um, MVP for the audience, by the way, is uh, Kyoji from Akane Banashi. Uh, I think for my MVP, though, I'm actually going to give it to uh, Reno from uh, Kaiju Number 8. Sorry, I forgot the name of the series. Uh, Grief Fog Brain is a real thing. I have lost track of a lot of words this past week. Uh, I liked uh, Reno quite a lot. Uh, I liked his suit. I liked him using his ice powers. I thought it was all just very clever and a cool way to like see this character work. I'm gonna give my Dewey Haru because oh, he, oh, he's, the boyfriends. He oh, just, he, our entries can hold hands together on the right, spreadsheet. That's right. That's uh, right. I do really appreciate you know, the dynamic that he brings in terms of this because we see kind of an inversion of what Kafka has with like everyone else and with uh, Mina and, and everyone from the beginning of the series. And now we see like our most important character is now the super powerful one that's moving ahead of everybody. And now we get this little perspective of the Kafka to him. Yes. It's nice. So Yeah. I, I liked it quite a lot. I liked it quite a lot. Okay, and guys, that is going to do it for Weekly Manga Recap this week. Thank you for joining us here on twitch.tv slash royalty for the live recording, where we try to start the show usually around 7.30 Eastern Time on Wednesday evenings, but sometimes we do need to change things up. Stay posted by following us on Twitter, Royalty, Nick F. Time, WMR Podcast, and joining the Discord channel, uh, server where we have conversations about the series that we are planning on doing for recommendation, the series that are part of the recap. There are bi weekly game nights that our community has, and also you can use that to find the Google Doc maintained by Ninja X3i, which keeps track of all sorts of helpful statistics associated with the show. And also you can use that to make suggestions for future series for us to read and review on the show. We also want to thank everyone who helps make the presentation of the show all nice and colorful and stuff, such as our tile card artist, Steve Mann. You can check out his work at Steve Mann Art on Twitter uh, and and all our sorts of other places across the Internet where boobs can be drawn. And we also want to thank Milo Jack Stillitz and Wilson Del Cheddar for creating the opening sequence that you can see on the YouTube video versions of the show, youtube.com slash weekly manga recap. The audio versions are available on weekly manga recap.podbean.com as well as basically anywhere you can find podcasts, Spotify and iTunes and etc. Yes. That's gonna do All it. right. That's going to do it. Let it, let's get out of here. You know, we got enough things, stuff to get going. Let's get out of yeah. here. Let's uh, grab the demon core from that guy over there and head off into wherever. Wow. Yeah, snatch it off and just float on out of here. God, floating on out of his situations would be pretty sweet. Yeah. All right, I don't have another joke to end this off on, so goodbye. Bye! <laughs>